a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Curie. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Unrivaled 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We are here at the home show at Mountain America Expo Center. We want you to come join us. Uh, we are at the Advanced Window Products booth, and we're just letting everybody know this weekend is an insane time to save money on getting your windows replaced. And, you know, like we learned yesterday, Scott, you can just, you're going to end up saving a ton of money over time. There's so many rebates that are available on top of it, on top of the things that you do when you install those, uh, when you install those uh, windows and get that better look. So come by the, the, come by the booth, the advanced window uh, booth here at the home show at the Mountain America Expo Center this weekend. Man, everybody. Well, advanced here. windows is so nice because they do everything. It's all <laughs> in house, and you save money right? by doing that. You skip, you know, you skip over to the. Hey, you know what? And- we had to open the second bag of candy too. Yeah. Had to open the second bag of candy. Yeah. So we're handing out candy. That might be the biggest draw. Not you. Not you. Candy, biggest draw is candy, the candy. Candy trumps everything. Uh, <laughs> joining us right now on the program, as he does most Fridays, Matt Biamonte, host of Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News Radio, and also uh, he is our one of our BYU insiders. He and Mitch Harper, some of the best in the business uh, for KSL Sports. Matt, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? You doing well? Yeah, oh, yeah, man, it's a Friday. Yeah, we're having a great time here. We're, it's a Friday. We're out of the studio, which, uh, as you know, is always better. You know, you can get out of the studio and, and actually chat with people. And We're selling the, windows today. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's our side hustle. Uh, <laughs> that's how we have to make a little extra money. So Matt knows about it. He's got two careers, so, uh, yeah, so he's one of those guys. So, Matt, first week of uh, spring practice, what, what, what's your sense? What do you hear? What do you feel from what's going on uh, with, with spring ball at BYU? I'm sitting. Uh, I am sitting right outside the ATF right now, waiting for the second period of the week. And the first one, I talked about this last week. Right from the get-go, I wanted to see what type of ball was Keon Sloven throwing. Was it accurate? Good velocity? Because I thought there were times in games at Pitt where it just didn't look like 
a well-thrown football. Like, it didn't quite have the stick that you would want. And quite frankly, the same thing we saw from Jaron Hall for most of his career. So on Monday, that was the thing I was looking for the most. And Sklovis did not disappoint. He looked great. He had one particular throw in front of the media. It was about a 40-yard left sideline to Dom Henry, a freshman. Great placement, perfect spiral, great velocity. He was really sharp on Hold on, Matt. Time. Matt, I'm going to make an executive decision here. Uh, we're going to call you on the phone because you sound like you were eaten by uh, somebody on the movie Tron. Um, Zombie a couple <laughs> the, uh, apocalypse. We're going to call. We're going to make. We're going to make Matt. I had to do it. I know, I don't know. I'm not like. I'm not trying to be rude here, but you're. Uh, and he's in about every fourth word. He's kind of a tech guy, you know. Yeah, he'll understand. So I, I, you know, I think that uh, making sure we get to the. I think our listeners will appreciate that. I as will. Well. I listen. I know. I will. I know. I, Scott's <laughs> over here going. Am I supposed to put some uh, hearing aids in? I go, no, no, this is just uh, this is the way it is. Matt, welcome back to the program. Hopefully now we can understand you a little bit better instead of getting every uh, third word here. Is it, is it, how, how does it sound? Better? Uh, way better. Oh, way there better. you are, Matthew. Way better. So uh, you were talking about Keaton Slovis and what he's looked like so far and that he's making some of these throws that are pretty impressive so far. Yeah, what I was saying was um, – Last week, I talked about how Jaron Hall, when he was fighting for the starting job, that first spring ball practice we saw, it, the ball just came out so fast. It was accurate. And I wanted to see that from Slovis because there were times at Pitt where I didn't feel like there was good good spirals, uh, some wobbly passes. What were we going to see day one from Keaton Slovis? And there was, at one point, a moment where he threw a 40-yard strike to Don Henry, and it, it was just great spiral. Great velocity, and he carried that throughout the entire media observation. So I think Slovis is really impressed so far. His knowledge of the playbook was noted by coaches, and the way that he threw the football was really encouraging. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Urging for day one. Matt, one of the things we've been looking at, too, with uh, spring practices is, I mean, uh, BYU jumped into it um, a little bit earlier than most. We're going to see that an actual spring game on the 31st. What do you think, like, is the actual thing that that you're going to get out of a spring football game this year? Uh, they're opening it up to the public, and I think people are really wanting to see what this product is. What's the thing that interests you the most when you see that they're going to actually be having that spring game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? I gotta be honest. I'm not. I'm not that interested in the spring game because they're not going to show anything. I, and there's a reason that they haven't had a spring game for years is because they don't want to put anything on tape. But now, one can argue whether or not that that matters. I don't think that it does. I think you can run most of your playbook in a spring game, 
and that could very well change before next season. And quite frankly, with the, you know they have Sam Houston and Southern Utah, there's going to be stuff on film anyways when you get to Arkansas in the Big 12. But they're not going to show a whole lot. I, I guess what I would be most interested in the spring game, and, and it's what I'm most interested in throughout all of spring football, is not only how Slovis continues to look, but Cade Finnegan and Jake Retzlaff, who's the next wave? Because Keon Slovis, he's only going to be here for one year. There's yeah. going to be a new quarterback next year. Is he here, or do they need to go into the portal like they did this offseason and get another guy? So I'm really interested to see Finnegan, who looked outstanding on day one. I, he threw the ball better on Monday than I've ever seen in any practice I've seen from him. He looked great. Retzlaff has been battling an injury – and. Injury is not the right term, but he had his tonsils taken out, so he's been slowly getting worked back into the rotation. We haven't seen much from him. I want to see those two guys. So I, I just think quarterback play is the headline. It's the second story, third, fourth. Like, that's what I'm going to be paying attention to all spring football and especially in that spring game. Is it too early to tell where the holes still are? Because there's going to be another window of the transfer portal after spring spring ball ball is there is there still a way to potentially find out some of those holes now yeah i think so and, and i think we we've already identified one i think and, and aaron roderick has talked about this already the wide receiver group is thin it, it, it's it's crazy to say this because last year it was so deep the past right. two years it's been deep they've had great rotation there Right, and Cody Epps isn't playing because he's coming back off an injury. So sure. maybe it looks a little more thin than it is. But you got Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill, Cody Epps. Like I'm already struggling to think of guys after that that you would that you would trust in Big Twelve play. And Aaron Roderick's noted that they're totally open to going in the portal and adding another receiver. I think they need to do so because if one injury to those three guys happens this year, and history tells you. Someone's going to get banged up in the wide receiver room. I don't know who's going to step up. That doesn't mean there's not talented guys, but Don Henry's a freshman from Florida. Like, you don't want to plug him in. And then you got uh, Hobbs Nyberg and Talmadge Gunther. They're reliable guys, but I don't think you want them to have a huge workload. So wide receiver on the offense is definitely the position where it's thin, and I think they could use some depth. Uh, Isaac Rex is coming on our program here in just uh, less than an hour. Uh, right off the the practice field, hopefully. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because that tight end group has been uh, very, very productive for BYU over the years, but it's also been one that I think we looked at and went, I thought we were supposed to see more out of these tight ends. Is that something that that Aaron Roderick and and Fessy Satake want to incorporate more? Because they certainly have had the talent there. It just seems like they haven't seen the production out of that that position group that's so talented. Oh, definitely. And uh, I think I'm ready to make a bold prediction, so maybe Jeremy Bruce or Jeremy can mark this down. Okay. Isaac Rex will have over 45 receptions this year, which would be a career high for him in a single season. He has spent so much time with Keaton Slovis hanging out in the offseason. And on day one of spring ball, anytime Keaton was not running the offense and he was off to the side, he was hanging with either Isaac Rex or he was hanging with Chase Roberts. I just think there is tremendous chemistry building between Chase Roberts and Isaac Rex and Keaton Slovis. I think Slovis is going to target Rex often this season. So if he stays healthy, 45 or more receptions for Rex. I think the tight end position will be back this year. It's going to be an emphasis. And last year, Isaac Rex was just never healthy. And I don't think we really understood to the extent 
that he was still coming back from what could have been a right. career-ending injury. We couldn't and, believe we saw him week one. I think he was probably shocked totally. he was in week one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Aaron Roderick even said, um, I, can't, I don't know if it was on your program or someone else's on, on, on 1280, but said that it was like borderline Alex Smith-level injury. Like it was, oh. it was severe. And so for, for him to have played all those games – you know, credit to him, but he wasn't healthy. He's healthy now, and I think the chemistry is already building with Slovis. He's going to have a big year. So Keaton Slovis is looking pretty good here early on. Uh, what about the offensive line? I don't know that we've even talked much about it yet. Ooh, there, lots there of movement there. Been a lot of movement, and uh, you know, a lot of guys leaving. So, uh, are there guys there to put, replace? And 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 what does that look like? There's definitely a talent in the room. I think it's the, the trickiest part for. Daryl Funk and for Aaron Roderick is going to be finding the right five that, that can play well together. There's certainly options. I mean, even guys like Braden Kime, you know, that's a two deep guy who hasn't seen the, seen the field much. He looks like Blake Freeland. And Blake Freeland has set the world ablaze with his combine numbers. Like, he looks like Blake Freeland. I, I'm not saying he's going to be that, but they certainly have guys in the building who have the size and the strength to get right. the job done. It's just finding the right five. Um, Matt, as we uh, wrap up here with you, um, what on earth is going on with the Big 12 and the Pac-12? And is a lot of this just jockeying, um, you know, somebody trying to boost their stock and it, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with whether or not the Pac-12 is going to, quote-unquote, die like we saw from uh, Dennis Dodd's piece this week and, and then, and then uh, Mark Harlan, the athletic director for Utah, last night saying, give me a break, dude. Like, come on, what are you talking about? What, what's the reality here? For these two conferences, I think I think it's pretty simple. When you break down all these stories that are, are, are breaking, the Big Twelve wants to expand. It makes all the sense in the world for the Big Twelve to go grab the Arizona schools, Utah, and Colorado. That would bolster the Big Twelve. That would clearly make them the third best conference in college sports going forward. They would be stable, and they would have games to be played in every time zone. They want that narrative out there. I think the Big Twelve. It, Brett Yormark's talked about this, that he wants to expand. It's no secret. They're leaking the stories to the Dennis Dodd and those people that, hey, we want them, we want them, we want them. I think from the Pac-12's perspective, especially I, I love that tweet from, from Mark Harlan because I think a lot of the Pac-12 schools feel the same way, which is if we can figure this out and get close to the same deal as the Big 12, let's say we're rat. Like what has not been discussed enough, guys, is that it's, it's going to be – better for these schools to stay in the Pac-12 from a competitive perspective. They're going to have an automatic bid to the college football playoff. It's going to be much harder to get there if they go to the Big 12 and there's 16 teams battling for one, maybe two spots if you're lucky. You stay in the Pac-12 and you win that thing, you're going to the playoff. Like Utah could very well, if they stay put and the Pac-12 survives, they could be the best team out West for a while. Like They could have that claim. I don't know if USC or UCLA is going to go in and take over the Big Ten? I don't think so. So I think the Pac-12 schools, they want to stay together, but the money has to be right. Right. And and the Big 12 wants those four-corner schools because it, it bolsters them and it makes them. So, look, a lot of pressure on Klyovkov to deliver, but I've said it here before. I want the Pac-12 to stay around, and uh, I hope they get a good TV deal, and let's go. Yeah. Matt Biamonte, Cougar Sports Saturday. You can hear he and Mitch Harper tomorrow on KSL News Radio, noon to 3, uh, and get your uh, BYU fix with that. Matt, thanks for hanging out on a Friday as always. We appreciate it, man.
Of course. Have a good weekend, you guys. You know what? I'm disappointed in Matt. Why? <laughs> I, I would hope you were you'd want like total dissolution no. of the of the Pac-12 no, he's conference. Being, he's being very diplomatic. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't, <laughs> don't be diplomatic. <laughs> Tell uh, us that you hate Utah. Yeah, Come on, that's what we that's want. That's fine. Okay, there's Matt. We're gonna uh, take the break here. We'll come back after the break. We have uh, a couple things going on here. We might actually have some local teams from Utah playing in the NCAA tournament. And uh, Utah State, yeah, that's that's one that I think we started to look at. They're playing in the semis tonight in the uh, in the Mountain West tournament, and they've looked fantastic. They're twenty five and seven on the year. Uh, beat the heck out of New Mexico last night, and you know what? UVU and Southern Utah also in the battle, and uh, they're in the semifinals tonight as well for the WAC. So we'll see. I would love to see a Mark Madsen so, UVU. So, Could you imagine UVU, so. Utah Technical College, is that, having a team in, like I mean, what it used to be, right? Is that a child shall lead them? The smaller programs, you <laughs> show these bigger is. ones how to do Absolutely. it. Yeah. Absolutely. When, when I was at BYU, it was UVSC, man, and you were like, not good for them. Now they're like, hey. hey. It was a technical college. Yeah, and they're when putting it on, now up. they're putting it on BYU every year, it seems like, and, uh, and then they might get in the NCAA tournament. I'd love for Mark Madsen's team to get in the NCAA tournament. All right, we'll come back. More to go around the corner. We are here at the home show. Uh, it is 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 